I maintain that one of the most wildly pernicious tricks baby boomers ever played on their fragile millennial offspring was the concept of gifted programs. Now, being placed in a gifted program was like earning an unasked-for distinction that needed proving every day. Can you process words faster than your classmates? That makes you special. A finite commodity that not everybody can have. And you'd better make sure you keep it up, lest you fall out of the magical category. I loved reading as a kid, and words made me feel safe and loved when the rest of my world was getting weirder and scarier during my parents' divorce. But putting me in a special group that showed my mastery of words? That made me feel like a unicorn whose horn was somewhat hastily glued on. At some point, the mystical appendage was going to fall off and reveal to me, to everyone, that I was just an ordinary horse after all. Nay. To my quiet and growing horror, nobody caught on to my trickery and gifted programs throughout school. I just kept doing well enough to show I belonged and that my skills were up to par. And adults kept saying they were proud of me. And I knew that I was five seconds away from being exposed as an imposter. When I was in the ninth grade, my English teacher assigned the novel Flowers for Algernon, a story about a man with below average intelligence who becomes a super genius as part of a science experiment, only to find to his horror that it's just a temporary achievement and he begins to feel his intelligence regressing slowly but surely until he can't remember anything around him. This may not have been the best thing for a clearly anxious teenage overachieving student to read, y'all. Every time that I succeeded, I felt more anxious about my success, like I was fooling everyone, and eventually people would realize that I was a charlatan. My imposter syndrome felt like a classic horror movie villain, slowly chasing me around the house, and I, a wide-ed co-ed, running scared throughout her sorority, hoping to stay a few steps above her ghost-faced pursuer. Nowhere was this more apparent than when I did the ultimate anxious, gifted kid thing. I applied to graduate school for my PhD in history. What the hell was I thinking, I thought, as I unpacked in my small apartment in Urbana, Illinois, a year later. I mean, first of all, I had moved from San Diego to the rural Midwest, where corn stalks outnumbered people like 50 to 1. In truth, I was so nervous that people were finally going to find out what a fake adult I was all over again. But I wanted to learn things, to be a better teacher and a better scholar, and so I threw myself in the middle of it all, my creepy imposter voice nagging in the back of my head all the time. I spent my first two years taking classes, trying to be an adult, and to prove that I belonged. I felt more nervous than anything, but here I was, was doing the thing. I remember clearly the night that everything came to a head. It'd been a long day of studying and researching, and my brain was fried beyond comprehension. I'd planned on eating a healthy dinner and maybe reading something clever, but instead I said screw it and watched a bunch of episodes of The Kardashians while eating an entire jar of pickles. I sighed and went to bed, feeling like maybe tomorrow I could be a better grown-up. At 3 a.m., salt-bloated and pickleful, I was rudely awoken by pounding on my roof. I bolted upright in bed, suddenly tense. The pounding was moving in discernible patterns and shapes. In fact, it sounded like maybe someone was walking on the roof. What the hell was happening? 
So, what did I do? I rolled out of bed and grabbed the very first thing I could find. Like many a dude in their mid-twenties, I had a cheap, fake samurai sword under my bed. No, I don't know why or where it came from. I just know that I had it for years, and under the bed seemed the best place to keep it. I know. Also, it seemed like the most clever weapon to grab for in the middle of the night. The pounding was getting louder, more rhythmic. I grabbed a flashlight, clutched the sword in my other hand, and inched my way in the darkness to the front door. I, of course, had forgotten to get dressed. Beyond the pair of boxer briefs that I wore to bed. And this is how, at 3.21 a.m., I found myself half-naked, clutching a toy sword in my driveway, only to turn the flashlight beam on two raccoons having sex on my roof. If you've never seen two raccoons mid-coitus before, well, then you're lucky. It's a lot of quiet grunting, there's some fuzzy shapes, and the pounding all of a sudden on my roof made sense. They both turned and looked at me with their beady eyes in the light of the beam, and they didn't stop what they were doing. They just locked eyes on me and kept doing what they do on the Discovery Channel to quote a song from my youth. So at this point, I am properly vexed. The sword is useless, and I start hissing, whispering, but also yelling, trying to keep my volume down because I live in a neighborhood and it's the middle of sleeping hours, and I'm a queer black man living in the rural Midwest, and I'm not wearing pants. What am I whisper yelling? Oh, you know. Stop. Stop. Stop screwing. Raccoons. Stop. Stop it. Stop. As you might imagine, this had no effect. I stooped down and grabbed some rocks in the driveway, and I started throwing them on the roof. Not not aiming for the raccoons, I'm not a monster, but trying to distract them from their conjugal visit on my domicile so I could get back to sleep and go back to my attempts at basically pretending to be an adult. After 10 minutes, which feels like a lifetime when you're in your underwear, holding a flashlight, a fake sword at your feet, lobbing odd rocks on your roof, and whisper-shouting obscenities at feral animals. The happy couple finally slunk off the roof, hissing at me back for being the buzzkill that I was. I shook my head, gathered my sword, flashlight, and the tatters of my dignity, and I went to bed. The next morning, I woke up to an email from the older woman who lived two houses down from me, and who was also a professor in another department at the university. Dear TJ, I hope all is well. I heard some loud noises in the backyard last night and went to check. Looks like you were busy keeping the neighborhood safe. Next time, be careful. There might be rabies. And it was in this moment I realized that being an adult was an absolute sham. (laughs) 